This program is paid for by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the values or opinions of 91.5 KUNV or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Morning, Las Vegas. It's Zandra Pollard with It's Where I Am. Today, my guests are Shatona Nelson and Dana Mack. Today, we're going to talk about some serious issues. So just be ready. Hold on. We're going to talk about trauma. So trauma is an important thing. Uh, we have to all learn to work through our trauma so that we can function not only for ourselves, but in society as well. My guest today, Shatona is a survivor of trauma, and I have a, an assistant here with me today. She's going to co-host the show with me. Her name is Kanika Ross. I'm going to have Kanika Ross to read some, what, what is this, Shatona, that you wrote? What, what would I call this? Um, it was just inspiration. I woke up one day, and I just uh, was walking down memory lane, and I was like, huh, maybe someone will need this. So this list has I've added on to it throughout the years and okay. uh, I just put it in, in different form for the first time and I posted it and people were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a little bit of inspiration of my personal experiences. Okay, Kanika, well, I'm going to have you to read this uh, personal statement, this inspirational and everyone out there, take the, take a minute and listen and see if you've been able to transcend from your current state. She turned being a rape victim into an empowerment platform. She turned a failed marriage and fake friends, people in general, into an Ivy League self-love initiative and book. She turned having a heart condition into a reason to conquer wellness. She turned losing her dream job into creating dream jobs for others internationally. She turned an unmerited arrest into the new civil rights movement. She turned humble beginnings, yes, I've been broke, into proclamations and congressional awards. She turned losing Chase, her brother, and David, a soulmate, into a reason to love deeply and heal. And not only does she work with the top leaders, influencers, entertainment networks in the world, she has become one. What will you do with your pain? Will you let it break you or will you let it redefine you? Thank you, Kanika. You're welcome. You know, I was saying earlier, if I had gone through half of what you've been through, Shatona, I'd be in the corner smoking a pack of cigarettes. I wouldn't know what to do or how to handle it. When you were 11, you were raped and left for dead in a ditch. Tell us about that. Um, I was a very sheltered child. I didn't really get out or, or get to go much. I, were, I was raised by my grandmother as well as my mom. So this would probably be the very first time I'd ever gotten to go anywhere. Okay. Um, especially for um, any type of overnight thing. It just didn't happen. Um, it was December 24th, but it was very, very late. And um, this particular year, I believe Sunday was falling on Christmas. So we would all have to get back up and, and go to church anyway. So my mom thought, okay, I'll send her with the boys. I'm generally the only girl with my boy cousin. Okay. Um, 
Um, Chase being my first cousin, but was more or less raised like my brother. So we went, um, I went to an, um, an aunt's house and obviously she would have nothing to do with this. She would actually go to bed and her boyfriend at that time would separate me from the boys and put me into a separate room. He would later come back that night and ask, knock on the door and I would unlock it. For some reason, I'd lock the door. Mm -hmm. I'd open it and he said, the computer is on. Um, Can you turn around and cut it off? And as I turned to turn off the computer, he would wrap one hand around my mouth Mm -hmm. and the other around my neck. And he would brutally assault me. Um, I wish I could tell you how I ended up outside in a ditch. But at some point, um, I lost consciousness. Um, And it wasn't until the next day that I would hear Chase screaming my name. Um, Keep in mind, we're only about 18 months apart, something like that. Okay. Um, So he's only 12. So you guys were were all staying the night at your aunt's house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were separated into a a different room. Mm -hmm. It was the aunt's boyfriend who violated Mm -hmm. you in the home. And then Mm -hmm. so... Did it did the did the rape occur in the home or did he take you out of the home? When how did you get out of the house? I don't know how I got out of the house. Um, I do know that he did begin to assault me in the house. So the rape did start inside the house. I, I remember actually grabbing and reaching, trying to pull down stuff from the computer stand sure. um, and reaching and grabbing um, and scratching and fighting. Um, but again, I, w- I was 11. So um, he would begin assaulting me um, and then I would blank out. And when I would wake up, I would wake up to Chase looking for me. Wow. And so this made national news. You were 11. So who contacted you? You were on the news about this. So it was pretty bad. Well, it was a really small town. I'm from a very small town in Louisiana. So for something like this to occur in a town that has 1,500 people, it's it's going to make news everywhere. It's not going to be a situation where it doesn't. And and worse than that, um, he choked me so much until the only time I was able to tell the story was when Chase found me and he would go on to tell the narrative because I wasn't able to actually talk. I think I was able to whisper a little bit, but by the time I would get to the hospital, um, I would need like 11 stitches um, on my bottom part. Um, And the doctors were amazed that I could speak um, because he choked me so much until I didn't have a voice for a while. Um, Even after it healed, I just got accustomed to being quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, So it made national news. Um, At one point, cruelly people would joke that there was a lifetime movie that came out where a girl who was choked raped and left in a ditch and she lost her voice. People um, in my town would be like, you know, that's about you. Right. Um, That would be how brutal it was. It was, it was a very brutal situation. People can be so brutal. My God. Now. So fast forward. Did you get any mental health services? Did your parents, did your family, who was involved with that? getting you help my my mom um at some point did try to go the therapy route I would go to therapy and from a very young age 
I was like 10 talking people out of killing themselves, right? I was always really wise beyond my years. Okay. Um, I would go to therapy and I would be dealing with therapists who would in turn be like, man, you're different. And they'd be talking to me. So I really didn't get um, mental health until I was much, much older. I just, I coped, I fought. I just decided to fight. Okay. But while you went through all of that and you experienced, you know, therapy that didn't work out so great for you, but yet... You started, you are now the CEO of Limitless Resource, which is a mental health agency. Right. Um, just because I did not maybe get it then, it was such a negative connotation. You got to realize I'm 32 years old. Um, mm-hmm. A decade is a very long time in the African-American community when we're talking about mental health. Yes. And we just really got on the other side of like, yeah, let's all get a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. From a point where you okay, go to church. Go and tell Jesus about it, baby. It's going to be all right. So although I wish back then I would have because so many things came from that rape. So much of mm-hmm. my, my other traumas um, that I really wouldn't deal with until Chase died. And physically, my body, um, for the first time, gave up on me. Mentally, I was there, but I was literally um, sick. And I was forced at that point to say, you know what? I need to talk to somebody because he told my narrative or he had fought or he had protected me for so long mm-hmm. that for the first time in my life, I was having to look um I was having to look the demons in in the face. And what the saying says, you know, don't run from your demons, learn their names. Mm. I was 25 years old before I had to learn that my demons had names. Right. Um, And and to sit down in front of a therapist and for them to say, what's wrong with you? Because you're doing this in life, you're doing that. What is it? Tell me what's going on. And for me to have to say, and none of it is real. I wear masks. I wear masks well. Um, And it wasn't until I was actually this past two years that I really got close to some amazing therapists. Um, And I think the hardest question one ever asked me was about maybe two years back. She said, tell me about the happiest time of your life. And I looked at her and I said, I don't remember being happy. And she said, ever. And I said, ever. And she said, why? I said, you know, you can't be happy when it's a mask on. And that would be the first time in my life where I would have to make some serious decisions. I had kids. I had um, this firm. I was involved with so many things. But I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, how can you be happy if you don't even know what you want? Wow. It was hard. And you've given so much. I know you're a part of uh, My Brother's Keeper, which is the uh, President Barack Obama's initiative. Are you still involved? Yeah, um, so I do a whole bunch in the community. That's just one of the many organizations I work with, um, Samaritan's Feet. Obviously, they give out about a million pairs of shoes a year to children. I was a part of the the Harvey cleanup. Um, If I could do whatever I wanted, right, um, I would literally travel the world um, and be the modern day Mother Teresa. So I'm very, very involved in multiple organizations, especially those that involve uh, rape, children, or any kind of racial impre- oppression or injustice. If, if it exists, I'm a part of it. Um, literally have a day in Houston for that. Um, the mayor gave me my own day in the city. Um, okay. And the governor would actually um, give me the highest honor that a Texan could receive, which would be the Yellow Rose of Texas. Awesome. Um, and then senators would recognize me across, I think it's four or five different states for my work within um, different communities with different people. And I mean, it just 
none of that really matters at the end of the day. It's just when you get to go into a city and feed some people or watch some kids feet and, and put on some shoes or look at a little girl and understand that um, she can't talk to anyone else. But I know she could talk to me because she don't realize I see the victim in her eyes. Oh, wow. Um, it's so life changing. Wow. It's life changing. And you're working with um, sex trafficking on the federal level as well, right? Right. Right. Yeah. That's um, something that I have been involved in for about four years. Um, I, I used to volunteer a lot when it came to trafficking victims, but it wasn't until about four years ago that I really, really wanted to get involved. Um, I live in Houston. It is, you know, central um, to trafficking. It's probably ranked in maybe like the top five. Well, um, what's Las by, Vegas? Because we live in Las Vegas. I know it's yeah, got to be, be pretty hot. To, it, it's, it's like Atlanta. Houston, LA, Vegas, we, the numbers switch often, but those okay. cities, we hot cities for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah I believe We're that. very hot cities for it's, and it's very rough. So, um, I got involved in that, um, because truly I, 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 you know, I don't know if this is good to say I hack. Um, that was the thing that I learned to do at 11 to keep me entertained because I didn't have friends and things like that. White hat, white hat hacking, by the way. What, wait, um, what is that? What, so it's three different types of hackers. You have um, white hat. Um, they hack for the good. They work for companies. Those are the people um, that Social Dilemma is kind of talking about, how they can determine what you search on the Internet and how you can think about a bag and, and it'll pop up on your screen. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, okay. It's gray hat and they do a little bit of the bad stuff and a little bit of the good stuff. And then there's black hackers and they just hack and tear up all kinds of things all around the world. So I got into trafficking because I understood um Hacking, and I know um, on the black market, we have about a million new uh, people that's that's a part of that, that, that sees new kids or new people being trafficked every day. It's like the number one thing. So when I began to understand that, because I hacked, I could see on the black market, the numbers were a million a day and going up. Mm. And they had followers of that capacity. I was like, wait a minute. So what's going on? And, and I realized how dire it was to get involved. So I start um, dealing with women in my community first and watch how you get on the Internet. Watch what you post. Oh, your location is on. Oh, don't put your child on there. They're going to come and get your child because that's how they find them. Wow. And it will ultimately just evolve and I will end up doing it on a federal level. Well, thank you so, so much for all that you do. And I'm so glad that you are alive and well and helping the community today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank Don't you so much. Don't go anywhere. I want you to stick okay. around. But I want to bring in my next guest. Dana Mack, how are you? Hi, buddy. Hey. I am well and in deep gratitude. Welcome Just so much to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to acknowledge uh, Shatana. Thank you for sharing your story and just know you are uplifting and helping um, just an abundance of people just by using your courage to be able to speak on it. So I say to you, sister. Yes. Amen. Should, uh, so Dana. Yes. You're working on a documentary right now called Fatherless Daughters. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that, and then I want to get into some of the other things that you're doing. Okay, so um, the documentary is basically looking at the relationships between fathers and their daughters 
and how it affects their interpersonal relationships with men. And so whether your father was in your life, but emotionally distant or physically, you know, absent there at all, Mm -hmm. how does that correlate into the relationship that you have with, um, with, you know, men? And so from the lens of, uh, I was, uh, I am a fatherless daughter. Okay. Um, my father was murdered when I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had just had my son. And so he never got to meet my son. And it's, um, it's been, you know, many, many years after, but you still pay attention to how um, that has affected, or well, at least for me, affected my life and the things that I do and the men that I've been connected to and in my past and just looking at it and looking at the women in my family. So mm-hmm. um, I was in my undergrad, I wrote a paper on the different um, variations of Cinderella and across the globe, some of them have the father in the home and without, and so we had to write a paper. And okay. so I chose to write from the perspective of um, myself, and then I looked at all the women in my family. I have a bunch of cousins, like my same age, and I looked at those who had that dynamic of the father in their home, and then were they married or not. And I remember, um, as I was doing my research, I heard a pastor on um, one of our local stations here, actually, it's Stevie Wonder Station, and on Sundays they play gospel. KTLA. Yeah, <laughs> Kindness, joy, love, and happiness. That's but right. He, he basically said um, the father is a girl's first boyfriend, and he teaches her how men should te- treat her, and that the love that the father gives to her comes to her freely. And when that is not the case, you are basically put in a position where men are become predatory. So you're set up for promiscuity, you know, pre-marital um, sex. Well, my dad was in the home and I did all that. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But I love yeah, your daddy. Yeah. And this is not all or nothing, you know. And sure, this is what sure. The shows, but there's a, a large number of women that have these stories that have those situations. And so mm-hmm. for me, I'm looking at it not just from the perspective of getting the uh, testimonies just from women, but also there are men who were not allowed to be in their daughter's lives, right? Sure. Yeah. And so the space is open for not just women, but also for men. And then I look at it also from a historical perspective. So I have historians that come on and speak on the idea of when did we first start to see um, okay. men no longer in the homes. And so um, that's a piece. Then I also have therapists that are trained in trauma and look okay. at it from that perspective. I have one therapist. Well, I have a um, question, Dana. So are there, are they like interviews in, in this documentary? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And yes. you have historians, so. therapists, um, and anecdotal stories. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And the reason why the therapist piece is very important is because just hearing Shatona's story and then that gap between when she receives some type of, you know, therapeutic services that, right. well, if I am a fatherless daughter, then what do I do? You know, if I'm a woman that has that, what do I do? So there's prescriptive measures embedded within this documentary that says, here are some things that can help. And here are some ways to help you understand a little better about 
whatever it is that you see as your story and how that affects. Because there, once again, it's not about everybody, but we're speaking to those who have and do and are um, resonating with this. And then I add in fathers and daughters who have beautiful relationships okay. and that they can share with us, you know, how that dynamic plays out and just give it a, a full, a comprehensive look, you know, not just one, you know, myopic of, view. Yes, yes. And, you know, so that's where we are. And I have uh, have a soundtrack coming with it. What? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> because the way that I have... Um, Put it together. My mother and my father were not together. They were not in a relationship. And so for me, I never had my father in the home with my mother at the same time to have that as a child. But what I did have is they both had a love of music. Right. And so I I came up during the um, beginning of the hip hop era. And so I have brought that together with my love of hip hop. And so hip hop is the backdrop of it. Okay. all things, everything. For but me, wait a minute. <laughs> the documentary doesn't come out yet. No. So I wanted you to like, let us know, let the listeners know about it. And I yes. want to invite you back. Almost definitely. Most right definitely. before it comes out and bring it here yes. to It's Where I Am and let us know first. Yes, for certain. For and you certain. know, normally... Everyone. And there's some heavy hitters on the soundtrack. I will let you know that. There's some heavy hitters. I, I wish it was a screening because I sure would be there. <laughs> but you know what? I usually have a yeah. mental health professional on the show when I have my guests. Um, but, you know, these ladies are both so powerful and dynamic. I just wanted to make sure there was enough time mm-hmm. for them to get their information across to everyone. Yeah. So, Dana, with that being said, you can find their bios and information on itsWhereIam.com. You can see their pictures, bios, and get information resources there. Please go to the resource tab. Make sure you subscribe. Thank you very much. Now, Dana. Yes. With all of this trauma. Yeah. Daddy's missing. Yes. People cutting up, not acting right. <laughs> right. Daily life. What? How can we? Right. How right. can we recenter? Man. How can we woosa and get back to where we the should answer, be? The answer to that question is always going to be for me: yoga and meditation. Period. Okay. Point of the end. With a little bit of hip hop thrown in for good <laughs> Wait, so, okay, you do these yoga classes. Yes, I do. Every Saturday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Nine when you do them, they're online. Yes. They're online. And so if we need to get recentered on a Sunday and church didn't do it, right? right. We can do yoga with you. Mind Mode Yoga with Dana And Matt. where do we go to do that? You can follow me on my Instagram accounts. Okay. And, um, and Facebook. So if you come in and try to friend me, I still have more room for others. But Dana Mac, D-A-N-A-M-A-C-C. Um, you can follow me there. And I have another page. It's more of a personal page, but I also put it there. It's I-D-M-A-C-C. So I-D-Mac. Okay. I have it there as well. Okay, so we have the father, the fatherless daughter documentary coming. We have yoga on Sundays. 
And I know this is my favorite part. Yes. The children's book. The children's book. <laughs> Tell us about the children's book. Because, you know, I the kids, time the kids are going back to school. The kids are going back to school. Right. I'm not ready. I yes. know my kids ain't ready. Yes. But one of them will be there. Right. Twice right. a week because I need a little headspace yeah. for myself. <laughs> but, um, it came about. Uh, I have a love of just adventure, and I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't know if you guys remember Pippi Longstocking. I oh, love yeah. Indiana Jones um, and, and, and Pirates of the Caribbean, of course. And so just from that piece, I grew up um, in uh, an era where teachers really had a love for reading, at least the teachers that I had. And I was introduced to the literary word at an early age. I was reading when I was four. Um, I was a Head Start kid. And so it just kind of took off from there. And the idea for the story just came. One day I was on the free, 210 freeway here in Pasadena, and it just hit me like that. And I love flip-flops. I love traveling to only places where the water is blue. Okay. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I'm talking my love language. Right. And so here we have Mackenzie. She's a free-spirited, courageous eight-year-old who, um, you know, occasionally she plays with her dolls. But other than that, she goes out and, you know, she tears it down and turns the world upside down as Black Mac the Pirate. Oh, I love it. Now, you know what? Now, this show is recorded for YouTube and you can find the show at itswhereiam.com and it will be the show for March. But for those who cannot see the book at this time, yes. give us the name of the book. Tell them where they can find it. The Pirate Who Loved Flip-Flops by Dana Mack Bikes. And you can find it at Amazon. You can find it at barnesandnoble.com. It's headed to target.com. It's oh, at walmart.com. The ebook will be on Apple. It's coming. And the reason why it's coming is because some of the flow down to get it there in the proper way takes a little bit of time. And so all those different places, you can surely get it, you know, and um, pick it up. And if you see me anywhere, I'll definitely sign it for you. But the the main thing that I want to say is it touches on bullying in the story and diversity and inclusion and equity and similarities and differences. And I speak to that in the in the back of the book where I also talk about, you know, what a collector is and the different names of collectors. And I use uh, tier three words, which are words that are really for in a, a specific um, subject matter that are just honed into that. So, for example, as far as science, words that are just that you would hear for science. And this helps children to build in their vocabulary. And then I give a um, some prescriptive for uh, stakeholders and parents and teachers. And what can you do for children who are or have been being bullied. I was bullied when I was a kid. I remember a guy took my cat and swung my cat around by the tail and oh just let God. my cat go. Bullying still exists though for grown-ups too now, if you think about it. You yeah. got grown women on TV who we praising because they bullying another woman right. and we wonder why the kids are so cruel at school. Right, right. Yeah. 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 I was I was bullied by two boys. One the one that swung my cat, he was like a giant and I I'm all five feet tall. And so I couldn't understand, like, why was this guy behaving this way? And so it has information in there for children who are being bullied and those who have been de-bullied, you know? 
And so things that students can do, because sometimes you just don't know who to talk to, right. you know, um, in for students, sometimes the, the, the person who laughs and jokes and kids around with them the most is the person that they feel comfortable coming to, to give that, you know, story to. And, and I have been that for a lot of children. And, and that's something that I'm very proud of because most times they won't talk to you and you don't know. Right. And so that book is to help open up that dialogue and let um, parents and children, like you said, even adults too, to be able to um, gain a little bit more courage through the eyes, legs, and flip-flops of little Mackenzie here as Black Mac the Pirate and just go on out there and be their true I ams and their courageous and fearless selves. I love it. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, ladies. We're going to wrap this up here in just a few moments. want to make sure you all gave your information to the listeners. Uh, Shatona, let's start with you. Hi, guys. You can find me across all platforms at Shatona J. Nelson. You can definitely get involved in any of my causes like Limitless Resource or, or anything else that I have going on in the community. I am always doing something. Um, so I look forward to having you guys follow. If you need public relations, I own a very successful public relations firm um, and I do quite a bit of TV. So I would love to hear your stories and um, collaborate, connect and align. Here's the synergy. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love, it. I love it. Dana? For me, uh, it's uh, DanaMac.com. And again, Dana Mac across all social platforms. Stay abreast for the documentary Fatherless Daughters, Trauma Revealed and Generations Healed. I am in pre-production and we are working on that soundtrack. And please, please go out and get um, the pirate who loved flip-flops and write me a review wherever you purchase a good one right a good one let me be your publicist real quick we did not put on these matching glasses for nothing five stars only you know positivity positivity all 2021 i'm gonna have my um i'm gonna have my today's co-host who barely co-hosted to roll on in oh girl come on in come on in here and let the people know there's always more room if we ain't learn nothing else there's always more room space at the table exactly (laughs) let them know what you got going on what's coming up what can we look forward to seeing from you Kanika Ross yes ma'am I have Allure Apparel Houston coming this summer I just moved here from Houston I grew up in Vegas but with COVID and everything, I just wanted to be around family. So I did start it in Houston and it will be an online clothing women's apparel company with all sizes for women of all ages, plus sizes coming this summer. Thank you, ladies. And you have a blessed day. And hopefully I'll be wearing some of that apparel here <laughs> on It's Women. I'm just trying to see where I get, when do I give her my address now or after now? <laughs> no, after we're recording. So, hey, Las Vegas, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next month, second Saturday of the month at 8.30 a.m. And you can catch me anytime you want on itswhereiam.com. So thank you for listening. And I'll see you next month with my guest, Chris Spitzer. Thank you.